and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank. Welcome back to another episode of The Remnant Call, and folks, just glad to have you here. Um, if you heard last week's episode, that was a pretty pretty uh, straightforward episode from Brother uh, Zev uh, Parat. We had him on. It was a blessing. You, if you've listened to The Remnant Call, you know he's been on here through the years past. And, and um, folks, there is a truth about this whole government, what they're trying to control in our lives down to these masks. Uh, that we're wearing down to how we can worship. You can't sing. You can't. And I've even noticed, even here in Virginia, uh, because I know people in the pastoral and different fellowships and ministries and, and stuff like that. And um, I know people here that even in Virginia, where they they have not stopped, as far as I understand, singing. I know pastors that have stopped singing in their churches the follow California suit because they're worried about spreading COVID. And uh, folks, I even have a, a man I know who's a pastor is getting ready to, to be ordained and um, not even wanting to get hands laid on him because they're worried about getting COVID. Folks, we are being put under fear from the devil. This is not from God. Um, perfect love, the Bible says, casts out all fear. And yet the Bible, we were talked about it specifically, says in the book of Hebrews, we are to gather together even the more as we see the day approaching. Folks, the day is not only approaching, it is here. We are living truly in the end times. And so please check out last week's program and the program from the week before that, Pastor Dana Coverstone. Uh, folks, this is an hour where all I can say is get right with the Lord. Tomorrow could be too late. Now, we know that's an old cliche. You never know if you're going to be hit by a car. You never know what's going to be happening. But, folks, truthfully, in this hour, like an old pastor I used to know said, he, he couldn't even afford to buy green bananas because he couldn't wait. He didn't have too long in life for them to ripen. So, folks, get serious because this is the hour. And I want to share something because many of you have been praying for my little nephew, Luke, uh, for for a while, he is home now. I got a great hold that little guy. Uh, I'm so excited because he was born at 27 weeks, and thank God for the for the gifts and the miracles and the doctors that helped take care of that little guy. And he's home now. And thank you so much for the prayers for Luke. God is in the business of healing and growing, and 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 just doing wonderful things. Well, one more praise report. I shouldn't say I should save it for next week, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to save it for next week because you're not going to want to miss. You know, you've been praying for my sister. Um, you know, she's been in prison. She's out now. God did something last week and we were in North Carolina that was so powerful. I'm going to wait till next week to share it with you um, because it it's something that just needs to be heard by itself and comprehended because our God is so amazing. So tune in next week. This week, though, I've got a special guest. Uh, you're familiar, if you've heard the remnant call, uh, friend Carl Gallops. I've had the pleasure of meeting Pastor Carl Gallops uh, a few times over the years. He's also great friends uh, with uh, Messianic Rabbi Zev Parad, who was on the show last week. He is the pastor of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. Uh, just a little side note before his biography, he is completely politically incorrect. So if you want to go check out his sermons, watch him out. Uh, you don't have to be worried about being fed the same old line. Pastor Carl Gallops is a former decorated Florida law enforcement officer, having served with two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriff's administrations. He was the recipient of the Law Enforcement Officer of the Year Award twice, once in each of two sheriff's offices for which he worked, he received a commendation of valor as well as a commendation of meritorious, ser of meritorious service. 
He was given the award by a regional chapter of the NAACP for risking his life in the line of duty after going into a burning apartment complex to pull several occupants out to safety. Pastor Carl is now continuing that life-saving journey of pulling people from the fiery flames of hell by offering them the good news of Jesus Christ, as now he is serving as the pastor of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church. He's also written several books. You may be familiar with them, The Rabbi and the Secret Message of the Messiah and the Identity of the Messiah, Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, uh, Gods of the Final Kingdom, and then Masquerade, his latest book about the greatest con job in history. Uh, Pastor Carl, also we're going to talk about at the end, has got something new coming out. He's going to share with us at the end of this broadcast. But with that, I want to bring him into the show here with us tonight. Pastor Carl, are you there? Brother Frank, I am, and thank you for the introduction. And what an honor to be back with you. And yes, Zev Peratt not only is a longtime dear friend, but we co-authored that book, The Rabbi, The Secret Message, and the Identity of Messiah. And he and I are in uh, international ministry together, literally, literally traveling back and forth with each other from Israel to the United States, doing ministry together, conferences, teaching, media appearances, etc. So we're kind of connected at the hip that way, and, and the Lord's really blessing. But you're a big part of that blessing, man, and I'm honored to be with you tonight. Hey, Pastor, I mean, I've just, the few times I've gotten to meet you and, and hang out with you some, I just, uh, you're, you're, it's just a blessing, and, and folks, he is a character and a joke, so be careful if you're ever around him, and watch out, so I appreciate you for that, and uh, I appreciate your ministry, especially focusing on the hour that we're living in, and I wanted to kind of start off with, because I had mentioned, you probably heard at the beginning of the program, um, how a, a guy I know is a pastor not even wanting to be ordained by the laying on of hands right now because of the fear of COVID and churches shutting down, don't want to come back in, wearing masks in and out, taking everybody's temperature like they're going to church inside of a sanitarium is what it feels like today. But pastor, your church didn't take that approach, did they? No, sir. We've never closed. We've never closed our doors. And this COVID mm. thing started in November, December of last year. And then January, when we turned the corner 2020, it really became the talk in America. And then by March, it was full blown. So 10 solid months since then, we've never closed our doors. We've never stopped being the church. Um, we've got many hundreds of people that are in our services every week. Uh, we live stream to the world. And uh, we've got people, we told our church family, we said, look, nobody's required to come here. This is not a cult. We're not going to shame you if you don't come, but I'm keeping the doors open. If you want to stay home, stay home. If it's just me and three people here, that'll be fine. Uh, we're going to live stream it. I told my staff, I said, you do not have to be here on Sundays, etc. Um, now, we, we will pay you. I will not shame you. Um, now, you still have to work. you got to work from home. you got to do every ministry that you can by phone or in person where it's convenient and allowed. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you, you know, I said, you, you, this, I'm not a cult leader. This is not a cult. We're not going to shame people. We're going to treat adults like adults. If you want to come and wear masks, wear masks. We're not going to make you. If you want to sit six feet apart, you can, but we're not going to make you. We're not, you're not going to treat you like a bunch of children or robots. And we're not some socialist nation here and telling you where to sit and how to act and when to breathe and when not to breathe. We're going to be the church. Hebrews 10, verse 23, 24, 24. 25, do not give up meeting together as some are accustomed to doing, and especially more so as you see the day, capital T, capital D, approaching, the day, the day of the Lord. As you see the end times approaching, and I'm paraphrasing this, but basically the writer of Hebrews is saying they're going to try to shut you down. They're going to try to tell you you can't meet. Do not give up meeting, especially as it gets closer and closer. And so for the first time in 2,000 years, Brother Frank, from the, for the first time since the beginning of the church, from the birthday of the church, on Resurrection Sunday 2020, the day that represents the defeat of Satan's kingdom, you couldn't find a church in the world to go to. Now, there, there are exceptions. My church was open, and I'm going to say thousands of others were. The problem was there were tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands that were closed. Uh, whole denominations gave orders, close every church. I mean, church doors were shut for the first time in global history 
on the one day that represents the defeat of Satan. It's as though the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Satan himself, invoked global fear. Pastors ran and hid. Churches shut their doors. Christians ran and hid. Now listen, I, I want your audience to know, I am not judging individual pastors and congregations. Um, I am not, I promise you. Again, I'm not a cult leader, so I'm not going to act like one here. And, 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 but I'm telling you, brother, go, historically, it's a historical fact that you could not find a church to go to on Resurrection Sunday. And people are listening saying, yeah, but we worshiped online. No, you really didn't. Some of you may have, but let me tell you about that. I've been doing this long enough now. I've been 34 years pastor in one community in one church, and it's a large church. I've been all over the world preaching. I did prophecy conferences. I've written books. I'm all over TV and radio. I rub elbows with a lot of church leaders, denominational leaders. I serve on the board of regents of a major Southern Baptist university, the largest denomination in the world, evangelical. I know people, and I talk to people, and they talk to me, and they call me. And I'm getting to be an old man. I've done this a long time. And I'm telling you, brother, I am hearing so many people talking like your friend is talking. They are terrified. They're under the spirit of fear. They don't want people touching them. They don't want people anywhere near them. They're so terrified they're going to die. They've quit living, brother. They're so terrified somebody's going to get sick in the church. They've closed the church. Well, what do we do every flu season? I mean, what can we do? It's an unseen virus. Um, we know that wearing a mask 24-7 and staying home battered into a house doesn't do anything. You're not going to stop a viral infection. You're not going to stop it. It's got to run its not only its natural life course, but it's got to run its course through the population, through herd immunity. It just has to. Every viral infection that we ever deal with, that's how we deal with it. And so you wash your hands. You stay away from people if you've got a fever. You stay away from people if you're sick. If you fall in the demographic that's especially in, in danger of getting really sick, really take care of yourself. Separate yourself, um, uh, of course. But we told our church, look, elderly folks, uh, especially if you have underlying conditions, please stay home. But you know what I told them? I said, but if you want to come, come. Uh, we're not going to make you, we're not going to kick you out of the church because you're over a certain age. Your health is your responsibility. But we will be here, and we will have masks if you want them, or you can bring them, and we will set you apart. In fact, I said we, even, we will take our fellowship hall, which is in a different building. We will take our choir suite and nursery center, which is in a different building. We, we ran video feeds in there. We set up tables and chairs and coffee pots and so you can be on campus and be in a different building. And you can see everything and yet still, you know, go social distance and, and see some of your friends and whatever. If you just want to get out of the house and be with the family of God, we will help you with that. If you want to stay home, stay home. If you want to come, come. Well, brother, for 10 months now it has been. And we've been packed out every, every day, now, now, every Sunday. We've been doing missions. We've been doing tornado relief along the Gulf Coast. We've been helping other churches that were closed, trying to do some vacation Bible schools. We've been interstate all up in Alabama and Georgia. I've been in and out of hospitals that would allow me. I've been in and out of ministry situations. We have just been being the church. Now, I know your audience is interested in knowing, well, what happened? Did you all die? Carl, did you die? Well, no, I didn't. I'm here on the radio. Um, <laughs> but here's the deal. In all humility with fear and trembling, we went before the Lord. Our church did. We were not being rebels. We didn't say, by gosh, we're just going we're, we're gonna to be science deniers. We don't deny science. Every year, long before COVID, brother, I begged our church every flu season. 2017, we had 83,000 people die from the flu in the United States in 2017, just three years ago. I bet most of your audience doesn't even know that. Why? Because nobody paid attention to it. 83,000 people died that we know of. It might have been closer to 100,000. But nobody said a word. People just did everything. They didn't close down nothing. They didn't close churches. Nobody wore masks. Nobody was scared of anybody touching them. We hugged on each other. We slapped backs. We went out to eat. People prepared our food in restaurants. They didn't wear masks. They didn't wear gloves. And we all survived. Um, 
I've been begging our church for decades, please stay home if you're sick. I've got people that used to come to me during flu season. They'd come down after church. They'd pray for me, Brother Carl. So I'd pray. They'd waller all over me, kiss me on my cheek. We'd hold hands. I'd pray, and then they'd say, Brother, I got the flu. I got I got 101 temperature, and thank you for praying for me. I said, well, why did you come to church? And I mean, I used to beg people, please take this seriously. People die from the flu. People die from pneumonia. People die from colds, especially elderly people with underlying conditions. Brother, I'm not a science denier. I've been a health nut forever. I used to be into bodybuilding and weightlifting and played sports, and I've taken care of myself. I'm not on any medications and, and, and because I've taken care of myself. God has blessed me. So when we hit this season, I told the church the same thing. I said, we're going to take all these precautions. We're going to shut down our food services. We're going to close down our Sunday schools for a while, our little groups, but we're going to be the church. We're going to do missions. We're going to do ministry. We're going to do outreach. We're going to minister to people. Our doors are going to open. We're going to worship together, and we're going to stream to the world. If you want to be a part of it, come on. If you don't, fine. Brother, almost every church in our entire region down here closed, and most of them are still closed right now as I'm talking to you. We did not. We stayed open, and we had several what I call holy convocations on Sunday mornings. We would gather, and I would read Scripture for about 15 minutes over our people in a worship and atmosphere of prayer. And I would read Scriptures of God's promises that if we would humble ourselves before Him, if we would call out to Him, if we would live in faith, if we would walk in faith and not fear, that He would, right out of His Word, that He would protect us from disease. He would protect us from pestilences that would come upon us. He would bless us and protect us for his name's sake. There are many scriptures that say those things. I read them over our people, and I said, folks, we're going to claim them as a church. I said, now, I can't help what God does to individuals because you're just going to kind of mock all of this. If you go out saying, well, I go to Hickory Hammock, that's the name of our church, so I'm protected. If, you, if you're arrogant like that, God will probably strike you dead. <laughs> I said, but if you'll be humble and fearful and just say, Lord, do this for your namesake, to bless this church as a witness to the world. And my prayer as the pastor was, Lord, I, 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 you know, I'm not asking you to not ever let me get sick. I'm just saying, protect us. Don't let anybody die from this. Don't let it sweep through our congregation and make a mockery of your name before the world. Let us be a miracle so that I, I'm all over TV and radio. I, said, I told the Lord publicly, right there in front of everybody and on live stream, I will declare your miracle before the world. We're not bargaining with you, Lord. You can do whatever you want. We just want to be the church. We're claiming Hebrews 10. We're not going to close our doors. We're going to walk in faith. We're trusting in you. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't know what to do. We can't stop a virus. We're not going to stop it. And we're not going to stop it by wearing a filthy mask all day long every day or hiding in our homes. We're going to live. We're not going to be afraid of death so much that we're going to quit living. We're going to wash our hands. We're going to stay home if we're sick. We're going to separate people that want to be separated, but we're going to be the church. Lord, would you bless us? Here we are 10 months later. Brother, I've never been healthier in my life. Mm. I haven't even had a sniffle during Mm. flu season and COVID season, one of the worst pandemics we've had in 100 years. I haven't even had a sniffle. And out Mm. of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in our church, none have gone to the hospital None have been put on respirators. None have died. And none within any of their families have been put on respirators and died or gone to the hospital. Out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, we have had, and I've checked this with my staff, my deacons, and even my congregation. I've asked them, you know, tell me if I'm telling a lie here, folks. But from all of the, the information I'm getting from people in our church, we've had less than 10 Closer to five, I could count seven people who were eventually diagnosed with COVID because their work required them to get a test, and they got a test. A couple of guys worked in prisons, and they were required to get tested. And I said, but only out of those seven, five were asymptomatic, but they went home for a couple weeks and, and quarantined. Two of them went to bed with fevers and feeling crummy. One person was in bed three or four days with flu-like symptoms, feeling miserable as a dog, but afterwards he recovered, fine, came back to church. The same with the other guy who had more of a bad cold and just was miserable for a couple days, got up, came back to church. That's it, brother. That's it. 
Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. We sing. Listen, we had tornadoes rip through this area back in um, um, April, May. Uh, and, And the people that were devastated by it couldn't find a church to help them. They were all closed. And a person that lived down in that area told one of the ladies there that had a tree on her house and it had cut the power and gas. And the power and gas company says, we're not doing anything till you can get those trees off. So they called the big tree. I mean, these were big trees, brother, oak trees you couldn't even reach around. And they called the tree service companies. None of them would come out. They were all closed their businesses. They were terrified of getting COVID. They called church after church and couldn't get anybody to answer. One of the neighbors came over and said, hey. Hickory Hammock Church is open. She said, what? Yes. She called. My secretary answered. Well, I've got three secretaries in the office there. One of them answered and said, yeah, we're open. She says, well, let me tell you what's happened. I have no power, no gas. Um, we're, we're in a house. It's mosquitoes and flies are in here. My freezer's going down. Nobody will come help us. The power company won't come. The tree company won't come. What do I do? And my secretary said, we'll have a crew at your house today. We got on the phone and called. We got a bunch of men. They went down there with chainsaws, trailers, trucks. I got a guy that's an electrician certified that the a power company recognizes his certification. He started working on her power. It took us a week, but we got the trees off. We repaired her roof. We hauled everything away. We got the power on and the gas on. And we were down there sweating on each other, hugging each other, praying together, cooking on grills, helping each other, working like dogs. Nobody got sick. Nobody got went to bed. Nobody went to the hospital. Nobody got um, uh, 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 on a respirator. Nobody died. We got them taken care of. She called. I did not know this, but she called the local news television, which is regional television, and a big regional newspaper down here on the Gulf Coast and said, please do a story on what happened to me. They refused to do it because we did not meet the talking points of their very leftist organizations. They wanted it to be that we were all dying, and we weren't. They couldn't celebrate it unless we were dying, so they refused to do the media, which is fine. I didn't want to. I would have not done the, uh, a media thing because this is not about us. We've made it clear from the beginning it's glory to Jesus. He has worked a miracle. He's still working a miracle in our midst. We're healthy. We're happy. We're doing missions. We just got back from up in North Alabama where another church similar to ours was putting on a countywide revival with a big tent. They've had over 1,000 people every night coming to it. We took a group of 40 people from our church. We stayed with them for a week. We lived among them. We helped them with the revival. We worked like dogs. We went out in the community and did vacation Bible schools for their children that were not able to have it that year. Um, and, and then that's been over two weeks ago, and nobody's even gotten a sniffle. Nobody's even gotten a fever. Brother, I'm telling you, God is working an impossible, a humanly impossible miracle among us because we dared to ask him to honor his word, and we would honor him and give testimony. Thank you for letting me give this testimony because I'm keeping my promise to the Lord. It is not anything on our part. I am just as vulnerable as anybody else. I've put myself out there. I've never had a mask on my face. I just wash my hands. I stay away from people that I know are sick, just like we do in flu season. And I just pray. I pray and walk by faith. And God has kept me. Now, tomorrow I could get COVID. I know. I could die. But I don't care, brother. I am not afraid to die so much that I'm going to quit living. I mean, it's, it's brother, the church from the beginning, 2,000 years ago, they never shut down. There were two major pandemics that ripped through the Roman Empire in the first couple of uh, hundred years, and the church never shut down. In fact, many pagans, it's, this is in history. In fact, it's in my book coming out. I've got it all recorded. History records that many, many pagans came to Jesus Christ because while their family members were throwing them literally in piles in the streets because they were so afraid of the, the pandemic of disease, the black death that was among them, they were taking mom and dad and putting them in the street because they had a fever of 104, 105, and they were dying. And the Christians would come along and gather them out of the piles, take them into their homes, and nurse them back to health. And very few Christians died. Some did. And very few Christians got sick. Some did. But the pagans saw their love and saw that very few of them died or got sick, and they came to Christ. They said, we want to serve this God. That's all recorded in history, brother. We're the first generation, the largest Christian nation on the planet. Since the birth of the church, 
most of us voluntarily voluntarily closed our churches because we were afraid to death of an upper respiratory virus. Now, please hear me. The virus is real. For certain demographics, it's deadly and has killed a lot of people. I don't think it's killed as many as they report because we now we know about all the false reporting. But I, be that as it may, people died. People died. They do every year. 83,000 died from the flu last year. Listen, before COVID hit, we already had lost 64,000 people with the flu in the, in the United States, and the 80% of that was H1N1 virus. That was the virus that was in Obama's administration days that we told the I mean we were told back then the whole world was going to die from it. Well, this year, 80% of the 60,000 had already died from H1N1 and then COVID came and all of the all of the attention went to that and now we know that people with flu and pneumonia and bronchitis that were hospitalized were hospitalized under COVID. And they died, and they counted them as COVID deaths. Why? Because federal money was being thrown at them. Newsweek actually ran a fact check on this because they didn't believe it. And at the end of their fact check, they said, well, it's true. It's true. People are being admitted and put on respiratory. Hospitals get $40,000 per head for anybody on a respirator that they have diagnosed as, and the CDC says you don't even have to do a test. If you think it's COVID, you can call it COVID, and if they're on a respirator, we'll give you $40,000 per head. Brother, it's evil. It's pure evil. So, But it is real. It does kill people. People have died. But there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of weaponization. There's a lot of money and greed. There's a lot of, brother, there is an evil spirit that has been released around the world for the first time in history. We're living in very prophetic times. Our little church is standing in the middle of it saying, our God reigns. He keeps his word. If you handle it humbly and fearfully and stand in his word and just be the church, he will bless and protect. He has. Now, we've had people that got sick. We had people that went to bed. But our prayer was, we know people will get sick, Lord, but just don't let anybody die. Don't let people get put on respirators. Don't let a bunch of our church get hospitalized. Let's, let us go through this for your glory so that we can show the world that your word is true. And he did it. And it is humanly impossible that I've got this testimony. But it's been witnessed by the whole world. It's been witnessed by the hundreds of our people and our whole community. Yet we still have churches all around us. There's no law in Florida to shut your church. Churches just did it, and they still have not opened. And I think it's shameful overall. Now, again, if you've got a little country church where the pastor is 85 years old and has heart disease, and your whole congregation is over 70, you probably did need to close. So I'm not judging churches. I don't know, but I'm saying as a whole, historically, around the world, this has never happened before. Pastors and churches have never run from an upper respiratory virus and shut the doors and quit living. It's, it's shameful, brother. And yes. uh, I'm trying to wake the church up. So thank you for giving me all that time. You're so kind. Well, I, we are trying to, and that's tonight. It's, it's about, you know, the cry that keeps going out. And this is a time when us as believers are supposed to prosper. So many people believe that the church, the, the, you know, has been disbanded in the U.S., but I, I really believe we've been deployed. Uh, we've been deployed well, we need to, be. yeah. to reach people, earn this crisis, and quit. We're fearing like the bubonic plague. Yeah. is breaking loose, and that's not yeah. true. And, not. and so yeah, my, my thing is, Pastor, is that this is – not only is this a problem here, at the same time, we've got the United States falling completely apart. The church or churches, um, you know, no matter what fellowship you go to, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday, um, and I preach in both churches all over the place, or, you know, in, in different types. The truth is, though, we are to be working right now – but the churches are nowhere to be found, Pastor. We got so I, I had um of course I've I've preached in different places and and uh, I've always attended a fellowship for years of church. You know I was raised and and even though I, I I'm I'm pretty out of the box and I probably don't even agree with a good portion of what they even preach. I I'm I like Paul. I always cared for my own, you know, and so I wanted to reach them, but they shut down and and with the, a bunch of my friends and people I know all around here. 
they just got tired of it and said, we're not doing this at their church or wherever they went to. Uh, they were, we're not doing anymore. We just started meeting in my garage. And uh, we had 40 people up in there the other week, and we're just praising the Lord, singing, and we're done with, we're not going to, we're not, we've been meeting up there a few times. We're not going to sit here and let this control our lives. And I found that there are so many people within the body of Jesus that don't want to be like this, yet are under leadership who are forcing them to separate. And and so I live right, right, yes, right up the road from me is a wonderful uh, widow lady that I brought up here. I remember the first week we had it up, I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to anything online because I, I still would fellowship with some people I know around here on online worship and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do it no more. And uh, I, I would talk to different people. And so I went and picked her up and brought her to our house. We had a big fellowship and, and we studied the word and, and had singing and just all kinds of wonderful stuff. She hugged me and thanked so many times because she doesn't get to touch people during the week. Yep. Widows aren't able to interact, and we're leaving our own abandoned in this hour. And yep. so on the church, the world's falling apart. The church is nowhere to be found. And, and now that we've got people that they only want to come back, they only want to move forward if there's a vaccine. And I believe that the vaccine is coming is possibly one of the most dangerous things ever introduced into the human bodies. Um, yeah, that because they're it's trying an RNA to based. It's an RNA based. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a genetic altering vaccine. And people think that's crazy talk. And and honestly, no. when I first heard about it, I thought, well, that does is that a conspiracy? But I looked no. into it. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it's on the medical sites. They talk about it. And listen, if this world were filled with benevolent people. There's some really cool stuff about that new technology. Really cool, but it's never been tested on humans. It's only been tested on animals, and they're actually it actually alters the communication system of the of the genetic makeup, the genome, and that communication system is RNA. It's the commu- biological communicating device of DNA, and it actually communicates some changes within the DNA structure of a person. I mean, it actually does. Now, it doesn't change a man into a woman or a, or, or a person into a dog. I mean, it, it's nothing that drastic, but it, it sends codes and information sources to your genetic makeup, and, it, and your body has certain reactions to it. And, and that's very fascinating to me. I'm a science geek, and, um, but the problem is we're filled with – our world's filled with evil, evil people who want to use this. They want to weaponize it. They want to brainwash people with it. They want to figure out what switches make people believe certain things and turn us all into mind-numbed robots to serve the leaders of the New World Order. I mean, they talk about this, brother. And, and then now comes this disaster they're calling it. It's a seasonal upper respiratory virus. It's not the bubonic plague, but they have presented it as the black death, and the whole world has fallen into the spirit of fear. And shepherds are leading their their sheep astray. Shepherds are leading leaving their sheep unattended and open to the wolves. It's shameful, brother. And you're right. And listen, judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Peter says it begins with the family of God. So. First Peter chapter 4, I think it is. Judgment begins there. We're watching it happen. We're watching it happen. Listen, I, well, that take too long. Let, let me just say this. Um, the bottom line is there's a sifting going on. There's a there's a um, uh, 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 you know Satan desired to sift Peter and the disciples. Jesus warned them. Uh, he's always tried to do that. But the, but Jesus told us. He said, look, the enemy's going to plant tares among the wheat of the visible church. I mean, that's why Jesus said, not everybody who just says Lord Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter if you're a member of a denomination for life or your name's on a church roll or if brother so-and-so that you loved all your life baptized you. None of that means you're going, you're going to be in the kingdom that is to come. It doesn't mean you're, you're going to be sitting with the Lord. Um, what it matters is, are you born again? Are you born again by the Holy Spirit? Are you washed in the blood? Are you under the blood of Jesus? Are you a born-again, Jesus-loving, unashamed, Bible-standing, Bible-believing uh, child of God? That's what matters. And, and, the, and the thing is, brother, Christianity, 
the visible church, the institutionalized church, it has become monolithic, just like Jesus said it would be. It would be like a little seed that's planted, and then it grows into this gangly, uh, grotesque uh, aberration that, that the birds of the air come and build their nest in. Jesus defined the birds of the air as demons in, in, in the, the, the sower, the principle of the sower, and the birds of the air pick the seeds off the path. And so here we are. We're watching it. And Jesus said, look, there's going to be a lot of people disappointed in the last days. Oh, I belong to this church. I belong to that church. I was baptized. Brother so-and-so baptized me. I give money at that church. I taught Sunday school at that church. Yeah, well, the first test that came to the largest Christian nation on the planet, an upper respiratory virus, and you ran and hid. And now you won't do anything but wear a mask. Let me just say to people who are just you know, scared to death to be touched, scared to death to take their mask off. Here's my questions. I've got two or three, four questions. When are you going to take your mask off? Who's going to tell you? Who are you waiting to tell you? Who is it that you're going to trust? The media? The government? To tell you when you can breathe and how you can breathe? Um, And so when will you put it back on? I mean, we got flu season coming up again, COVID season, just a few months from now or less than that. Um, and by the way, did you know that you can catch COVID or the flu all year long? You know, we have flu season, but you can get the flu in the middle of the summer. Um, there, there are certain conditions where you can get it. So since you can get COVID and the flu all year long every year, are you just going to wear a mask now the rest of your life? You're going to stay six feet from people the rest of your life? You're not going to let anybody touch you the rest of your life. You're not going to do missions. What do we do with our missionaries? They go into the jungles. They've been doing this for years, brother. They go into the jungles and mud huts in Africa, rampant with disease. Guess what our missionaries do? We pay them to go in there and live. And we say, hey, man, just have faith. Praise God. Our missionaries have faith. Look at them. They've got faith. And here we are in America. And they say, well, we got another, boy, we got a tough strain of a flu-like virus that's coming. It's going to really hurt our elderly people. We need to, you know, really protect them. Okay, good. Let's do, let's do all the common sense things. No, what we did, we shut the churches, brother. We shut businesses. We shut the economy. We destroyed people's lives. And then we told everybody, wear a mask, go home, stay away, don't touch anybody. It's going to kill everybody. Well, our church is living, breathing proof. Walk in faith. Do not walk in fear. Use common sense. Wash your hands. Stay away from people that are sick. If you're sick, stay away from people. Do, but live and do church and do missions and walk by faith. Every day is a gift from God. So what if you survive COVID and two weeks later a semi-truck hits you at a stop sign and kills you? So what difference did it make if you survived COVID? I mean, Psalm 139 says our days are numbered and ordained. They're written in the book. And see, when it's all safe and fluffy in America, we can sit in our churches and sing, On Christ the solid rock I stand. The preacher can preach Psalm 139. Your days are numbered and ordained. And everybody out there, amen, preacher. And the people are crying. Yes, amen, praise God. Our life is in the hands of God until COVID comes. Now, COVID cancels everything. It cancels faith. It cancels the word of God. It cancels on Christ the solid rock I stand. It cancels everything because this is COVID. The media has told us this is the worst thing ever. The government has told us this is the worst thing ever. Uh, World Health Organization, CDC, everybody run for cover. Then the government steps in and says, now we'll tell you if and when you can ever worship again. And if you do, we will tell you how many can go. We will tell you how far apart you have to sit. We will tell you if you've got to cover your face and wear a mask. We will tell you if you can touch people or not. We will tell you if you can sing love songs to Jesus or not. Now, if you're a protester or a rioter, that's okay. If you are in a casino gambling and drinking, that's okay. If you go into a big box store to buy fishing rods and golf clubs or whatever, that's okay. If you want to go, I mean, on and on, but don't you go to church. If you go to church and sing about Jesus, you're going to kill people. Brother, it is an antichrist spirit, demonic spirit. It is sweeping the planet, and most shepherds are still in hiding, and most of the sheep are still scattered. Now, some, see, the sifting is going on. So what's happening? 
people like you and your friends that are meeting in garages. Listen, I know congregations like that. We've got house churches now. They gather in their homes. They tune in to our service. They listen to my preaching. They sing along with us. They worship. I address them over the air. They're in Australia. They're in South Africa. They're in Israel. And they are from coast to coast in the United States. We get their emails. Some of them are even tithing to us. We beg them, please don't give us your money. We don't want your money. And they send it anyway because they're so thrilled to have a place where they can tithe, where it's going to missions and and revivals and missionaries and vacation Bible schools and hurricane relief and tornado relief. And, and, and brother, we're just being the church. But they're also, I know some congregations in the Gulf Coast that are doing just what you're doing, where people have come out of their denominations and their churches, their pastors are still hiding, literally hiding. And the people are saying, nah, we're meeting at so-and-so, sister so-and-so's house, brother so-and-so's garage. And 50, 60 people will meet together. And you know what that is, brother? That's the real church. We're being sifted, brother. We're Amen. being sifted. God is allowing it to sift us. And I'm telling your audience, as a pastor and a former investigator and cop, five-year pastor in one church, I'm begging you folks, do not let Satan sift you. Do not buy into the lie. Do not think that watching a preacher on a video every week is your church. That's not church. It may do in a pinch, but do not say, well, I'm just going to do that from now on. Do not buy that satanic lie. Some people have to. They're shut-ins. They're, they're, they're sick. They're elderly. They have underlying conditions. They just have to, and, and God will bless you for that. But there's a lot of 20-, 30-, 40-year-olds saying, well, I'm never going back to church again. I'm just going to watch. Well, here's what else I'm finding out, Brother Frank. I'm talking to these people, and I've got ways of, you know, I used to be an investigator, brother. I've got ways of talking to people and getting them to talk and getting information out of them without them even knowing it. And you know what I'm finding out? These people say, yeah, 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 we're, we're watching on TV. Well, what was the sermon about? Well, I, I, I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I, had, I got a phone call in the middle of it. and said, I, I think it was maybe something in Romans. You know, and, and then, brother, about uh, God. <laughs> no, no, brother, they, they, they use it now as an excuse. And, and, and I see people. I live, I live near a golf course. In fact, one of the golf holes is right across the street from me, so I'm on a golf course. But, brother, I pull out of my ch- – my 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 driveway going to church on Sundays, the golf course is packed. I go over the river where we have a big river that's a big it's a big tourist attraction, packed with boats and people, thousands of people. I go people line up going down to the beaches. Brother, a lot of those are Christians. They have no intention. They're not watching anything on video. But if you ask them. Well, bro- what did you do? Well, well, you know, we watched Brother Carl on video last week. Well, what did he preach on? Well, I don't remember right now, but I – and then they'll go watch the, you know, a, a portion of it so they can talk about it. And, it, brother, the church is falling apart, but it's really not because those that are serious, those that are men and women of faith are doing like the folks at our church or like you're doing and they're meeting, and they're worshiping, and they're getting in the Word, and then they're going out and ministering, and they're being the church, and they're looking for creative ways to work around these silly laws and rules and edicts. And brothers, just we're living in Babylon. We're Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's who we are, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, no, and it's true. And, and folks, there's some research out now, and uh, you know whether you go to a church or not, I'm, doesn't matter. The fact is, is that about the, the current research is one third of church members are now gone. Yep. Now, the yep. good thing is there's always the faithful, there's the remnant, there's those who will always be there, right? Uh, that's that's true. But what are, what what we're trying to say is that people are falling away. Yep. Because nobody's ministering at all. And maybe they weren't there to begin with. But the truth is, the devil's plan is working out from the, his standpoint of if he can divide and do the opposite of the, what the Word of God says, meet, keep them from meeting together, then he can destroy that which God intended to bring together. And that's us. We are designed for fellowship with one another. The, yep. From the very beginning, man and woman were designed to be a family. The church is a representation of the family unit also. Uh, and that's what we're designed to be, Pastor. Truthfully, I can. You're talking about being, you know, what missionaries do. Uh, I can remember the first time in Africa, laying under, you know, mosquito nets, knowing malaria mosquitoes are all over the place at night and all that stuff. The first, it, it, it grip you with fear. 
um, and, and get you, you know, and, and then watching God do amazing things because I took a risk and went there anyways. I remember the first time they dropped me off in an all-Muslim village, and I was okay at first until they were leaving on the bus, and someone said, oh, we're just going to leave him here alone? And all of a sudden, the fear began to grip my heart, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm alone. My group, the people on the missionary group, they're leaving me by themselves, by here. Yep. They were going on a, we were kind of getting closer to the end of a mission trip, and some people were over there, and they wanted to seize the animals before they left Africa, and I stayed behind into a, in an all-Muslim village that was not only Muslim, but it was a village that is known to be heavily involved in witchcraft in this area. And uh, so the fear gripped, but then God worked through it and did a miracle there that I could have no way of ever seen had I not taken a risk. Even though I was nervous, I did it anyways, folks. And if you're not ever willing to step out into the storm, if you're not willing to step out into the ocean, if you're not willing to come out onto the deck of the boat where the wind and the waves or be like Jonah and jump right out in the middle, you're never going to allow God the opportunity to say, peace, be still, if you won't step out into the storm. And that's true. We have to step into the storm. And, and Pastor, everybody's coming out of the closet right now, except for the Christians. Have you noticed I that? Know it. Everybody's I know. out except for the believers. Isaiah 58 says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. We're, people are trying to cry out. Listen, folks, get, this is the, the day of the Lord's coming. This is the end times. And and it's like, except for a group, people are disappearing. And I don't, I I'm not talking about into the clouds, folks. I'm talking about people are disappearing, and we can't find them because the church stopped ministering. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, not only that, but it's, it's also because a lot of them took this opportunity to disappear. They really weren't yeah. wild about being there anyway. They were there because it was tradition. They were there because of pressure. They were there because everybody was watching them. They were there because they were trying to fool themselves or somebody else. But now the government said they didn't have to go. The pastors agreed and said, you don't have to come. The pastor shut the door. The government says, be afraid. Be very, very afraid. The government says, don't even go back because churches are killing. Now, if you want to go protest and burn buildings down, that's fine. You know, again, if you want to go to a casino, go have a good time. That's fine. If you want to go to a golf course around hundreds of people, that's fine. Uh, but don't go to church. And the people said, okay, yes, yes, Mr. Government. Yes, Mr. Government. Yes, okay. And then you stop and talk to him on the street, Brother Frank. Hey, when are you coming back to church? Well, no, I, I don't want to go to church now because that's dangerous. I don't want somebody laying hands on me. I don't want somebody hugging me. I don't want somebody praying with me. I don't want to sing. I could get sick and die. Well, yeah, that's called life. <laughs> yeah, you could get sick and die. That could happen whether COVID was here or not. Um, and and so, brother, you know, I'm listening to your missionary stories, and I'm I'm not going to try to one up you or anything. But I, same thing. Anybody that has sacrificed their life like you did for Jesus and the kingdom, and I can remember, and we've all got these stories. We're now twenty over twenty years tied to a third world area of Peru. I'm talking about, brother. It, it's bad. But we've gone into there. We've built a school for the little children that could never have gone to school 20 years ago. we got kids now that are 25, 30 years old, married, educated because we educated them, getting good jobs. They've come to Jesus. Their families have come to Jesus. We've been down there. First time I stepped off the plane down there, and we had some contacts that were helping us get all set up with this. Brother, where we landed and where we went, it, it was horrible. It smelled horrible horrible it was just it was pure third world and i lived down there 10 days with them getting everything started they sent me back to the airport in a wheelchair brother i was a strapping young man athletic young man i was so sick I, they had doctors attending to me they thought i was going to die they were terrified that they were i was going to die on the plane they sent me back on the plane now think about it 20 years ago here I was, no telling what I had, and they put me on an airplane full of people. <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody cared. And I went back with some kind of horrific disease. I, I, I was sick as a dog at my house for a week or two after. Well, anyway, I finally got well, went to the doctor. They never could figure out what it was, pumped full of medicine, finally recovered, barely, at death's door. Then it came time to decide whether to go back down. I got on a plane and went right back down, took a group with me. I got off the plane. 
a group of Peruvians from the community where we were met us outside the airport. They were too poor to even get in the airport. They met us outside, fell at our feet, and started weeping. I said, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? They said, we didn't think you would come back. We didn't think you would be here. We can't believe we're seeing you. I said, what do you mean? You almost died. Why would you come back? I said, because I'm serving the Lord and because you're my brothers and sisters and because I love you. But but you could die. I said, well, then I die in Peru. Well, brother, that's been over 20 years ago. I've been sick three times in 20 years. All three times were pretty bad. The first time was the worst. But, brother, it's just life. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've done the same thing. Um, it's just life. I don't know what to say. I take care of myself. I take all the precautions. We live in a fallen world. Sickness and accidents and death, it just happens. <laughs> people, people have got to get there through that. People sit in church thinking, because I'm in church, I'm not going to die. I, 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 it's the strangest thing, brother. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a pastor in one church for 35 years. I hear people say, well, you know, I, I, I'm up there with Brother Carl, and so I'm not going to die. I say, whoa, ho, ho, what? <laughs> what do you mean Brother Carl's going to die? What do you mean you're not going to die? I, I'm telling you, people, people live in fear, even people who claim to love Jesus. And I'm telling you, brother, I don't go around with a death wish every day, brother. I love life. But I'm also ready to be with the Lord when he calls, because my life is dedicated to the kingdom of God. And that Amen. is the church. Amen. And, but and you can't, it's hard to find the church nowadays, brother. It is true. And folks, he's right. It, it, listen, if I, you, 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 when you go into mission trips, mission field, you will get sick. Okay. Yep. Listen, read the stories of Livingston when he traversed through Africa, sick as a dog, and look, it didn't even think he was winning people to the Lord. He was worried about it. My, what his work did opened up the gospel into Africa. God was using him the whole time, but he himself couldn't even hardly see it. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lord was using him. You will get sick, but you know what? When you get in, Pastor, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you get bit by the mission bug, look out. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's something you have to experience. It yeah. doesn't matter how sick you are. When you see those people coming hungry for the gospel and you watch their lives go down in the waters of baptism and you see this excitement to serve the Lord, a hunger you hardly rarely see in the United States as often. Not, but you see it and it's just like, man, this is what it means. This is what it's about, sharing the gospel. And and folks, I'm telling you, we're living in a time right now, you're going to see what they used to only see for for a while. Uh, now, we used to only see in third world, you're going to see here in the United States when everything falls apart. Because, Pastor, we're getting down to about seven minutes left. The truth is, we are living in a time right now, folks, I believe it doesn't matter who wins this election anymore. The United yeah. States... The people will riot. It doesn't matter anymore. We are living in a perverse, disgusting, rebellious. It is the spirit of Antichrist because, folks, the spirit of Antichrist is lawlessness. That's what they want. Pastor, you see it. You know, right now we are living in those times. And, and Pastor, if you could share briefly you know, where you think, you know, I mean, I, we've only, I know this is only six and a half minutes left, but if you could share for a moment where we are and, and what, what can we do uh, right now as yeah. a believer, what should be our focus at this moment? Okay. We're living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. We're living in the days, at least in the edges of them, that Jesus told us that the last days would become just like the days of Noah, just like the days of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. He says that in Luke 17. He says it in Matthew 24. He emphasizes it to two different groups hugely. And Lot and Noah lived in the midst of the biggest hellacious days this planet has ever known in their day. And yet in the midst of it, God preserved them. Peter writes about it in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. The writer of Hebrews writes about Noah and his day. Jesus talked about it uh, in Luke and Matthew. Um, we're in those days. We can call it Babylon, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They lived in a similar situation. Um, we can call it Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot. We can call it Noah's day. But Jesus told us 
the very last days before his return. And I don't set dates, but I'm just telling you, brother, Israel's back. The fig tree has bloomed. Uh, It's 72 years the other side. We're here. There's Israel. Now we turned a corner. It snapped. My new book is all about this coming out, and it literally has a how-to section, an addendum of five chapters, how to live in these days, how to do this, how to prepare for this, how to prepare for that. But the the first chapters are all about the theological aspects of getting people to see the scripture is coming alive right before our face. Jesus warned us that in these days, brother would turn against brother, sister against sister, and that they would turn each other into the authorities. Well, we've got Christians turning in pastors and churches. We've been attacked. We've been lied about. We've had people try to, you know, they're hoping we all die. These are Christians, brother. These are other pastors who are on Facebook. They're all going to die down there. Well, they shut their churches, and they're hoping we die. That way they'll be vindicated. Brother, that's pure evil. But Jesus said, when you see generation that generation where they're attacking each other, then you know we're right at that time. We're living in very prophetic times. I'm like you, brother. If, I'm gonna, if, if, if I want anything in this election, I'd much rather have a man that defends the churches and the Constitution. Uh, But that's not what's going to save us, brother. But on the other hand, I don't want a bunch of socialist communists running us either. So we've got to get out. We've got to engage. We've got to be involved. But we've got to understand we're living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus. We've got to be the church. We've got to open our churches. We've got to tell the, the government like Daniel did, we're not bowing down to you. We're going to be the church. Well, I'll throw you in the lion's den. Well, then throw me in the lion's den. I don't know what else to say. I'm not going to cower in a corner anymore. And we've got to do that, brother. And, I mean, in my six minutes, that's all I can say. I could talk for hours about Amen. this. Amen. Well, Pastor, quick, we've got a few minutes left. You've got a book coming out. I know. You, I don't think you can share the title yet. Uh, uh, what yeah. are we looking on a time frame? Yeah, it's going to be released in the first quarter of 2021, so February, March. Um, Brother, this one that I've got out now, Masquerade, I wrote it last year before COVID. Mm-hmm. And look at, the ti- look at the cover. It's a picture of a man with a mask on his face. And the title mm-hmm. is Masquerade. And underneath it, it says, Preparing for the Greatest Con Job in History. We're now living the book that I wrote last year. And when you read it, it will freak you out. It freaks me out. How could I have known that stuff? I, I was just writing what God's Word says. And the next thing you know, it's released in March which is exactly when the churches started closing. I even write in that book about Satan closing the churches. It's unbelievable. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it freaks me out when I read that book. I told my wife, I said, some of this I don't even remember writing. But there it is. It's an international bestseller. And it's got a picture of a man with a mask on the cover that the, that the editors, I mean, that the, the, the publishers put because they read the book and they said, well, we've got to put a, a, a mask on a man because you're talking about Satan masquerading and fooling the world in the last days. And I even talk about pandemics and closing churches. Mm, folks, listen, we, the, it, the cries have gone out. It's time to get ready. It's time to prepare, and it's time to continue in ministry. This is, we don't get a pass to stay at home and not share the gospel. If anything, we need to double down, you know, put this downshift and hit the gas, you know, pop the clutch and roll. Because, folks, we are living in, as Pastor Carl said, prophetic times. Pastor, how can people follow you and keep up with what's going on? Well, the easiest, quickest way is just carlgallops.com, my website, because everything is there. All the connections, all the links, all my books, all my radio shows, preaching, uh, videos, uh, live stream links to our worship services. Um, They can click on the file cabinet underneath down at the bottom and articles and videos and just you could spend days and days and days researching. carlgallops.com. Amen. Folks, listen, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. If you've got unsettled business with the Lord, settle it. He's in the business of speaking with his people through his word, through audibly, through other people. But if you're not listening and paying attention, praying, seeking him out, reading the Bible, don't be surprised if God's silent when your Bibles are closed. Folks, make the decision now. It's time to get right. Pastor Carl, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Remnant Call. This is Brother Frank and Pastor Carl Gallup saying good night and shalom. Amen. Oh,